0: Hi, I'm Mike.
1: And I'm Erin.
0: And this is Beyond the Ranch. I was talking to our neighbor, Joe, the other day. He told me a tractor joke. You want to hear a tractor joke? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So did you hear about the new wooden tractor? Uh, No. It has wooden wheels, a wooden engine, a wooden transmission, and wooden work. (laughs) Erin and Mike bring you into their world. It's not just chickens and the Angus Hurts. Take off your boots, relax, and go beyond the ranch. And also be a fire hazard. (laughs) (laughs) A little fire hazard, yeah. How are you uh, this morning? I'm good. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. I'm getting ready for uh, what, four days of uh, Mr. Mom once again as you're hitting the road. You can do it. Where are you going?
1: I'm going to San Diego.
0: San Diego, California. This is your first time you've ever been to California? Yeah, I've
1: never been to California. I mean, some could say that that's a good thing,
0: but... <laughs> you know, what's funny is I get a lot of uh, uh, comments from people from California, a lot of emails and stuff like that, and almost everyone um, says they don't like living in California.
1: Yeah, it's funny, like the people from California that do comment, they uh, most of the time try and tell us that they're not from like, when I think of like LA and and that like area of California. Big
0: city, California.
1: And a little crazy, California.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's different. It may not be crazy. It's just so much different than what we're used to. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've been to I've been to L.A. and I've you know and that kind of stuff. And it's just so, it's so many people packed into s- such a smaller. And it well, it's not really a smaller area, it's a big area. You get there and it's it's huge and it takes forever to drive from one place to the next. Yeah. And and that's not only because of traffic, but because you're you're traveling a long, long distance. But.
1: Yeah, and I think agricultural California, which is a, a huge portion of the state, like geographically compared to like urban California, they're very different and the belief systems are very different. And we can see that like on our comments and stuff. And so that's what I think of when the people are like from California, but I don't claim to be part of California or, you know, <laughs> we just get a lot of comments that, you know, pe- people try and separate themselves from that, like urban, at least the people that are watching us. Obviously, we want people from downtown L.A. to watch us and to be exposed to this. But
0: there's not many people in downtown. I mean, there's a lot of people that work downtown L.A. But last time I was there, well Oh, there's a like lot of homeless town.
1: people now.
0: Yeah. Which is I, I, I run into that occasionally, even with people from Wyoming. Though they're like, you know, I'm from Wyoming, but I don't claim to be from Wyoming. Oh yeah, and, yeah. You know, you see that anywhere you go. It doesn't matter um, where you're from or, or where you're dealing with. There's always like this whole. So where where we're from, we're like the redheaded stepchild of the state.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I mean, and it's funny because so much money comes out of Campbell County due to coal and methane and stuff like that. But still, it's it's got the the stigma of being someplace that you don't want to see. I'm always reminded I see that thing on Facebook every once in a while where it's uh, um, the Lion King and Simba looking out over the area, you know, and, and – uh, uh, Simba says, you know, well, what's that gray area over there? And that's, that's Gillette. We never we go into <laughs> you know, and, and I think in the movie it was like the elephant graveyard or something yeah. like that. But um, for our purposes, it's, it tends to be this area of the state. And I'm not exactly sure why, obviously, I'm not from here. You, you grew up in it. So, you know, uh, we just referred
1: to it as like spoiled. Um, and it, it's changed a lot in the state, like how the, how this is like a weird thing. Uh, this is not what we we're going to talk about, but the, the way the tax structure used to be within, like how much taxes the state used to collect from the counties, and like we were, we are one, we were, and we're very heavily, like you've talked about in the history videos, very influenced by um, minerals. And so there were times where um, Campbell County was making money like crazy through taxes, and we didn't have to share as much with the state. So. And now it's changed a lot, so it's a lot more evenly throughout, because there's a few other counties, too, that have had some really big mineral booms. Um, And I, you know, this all happened a lot when I was a kid, so granted, like I wasn't old enough to understand a lot of it, and I may be misinterpreting a lot of this, but um, Campbell County has always been wealthy, and you can see it when you drive down our streets, and you can see it in our school system, and you can see it um, you know, like we have art down the streets. Most communities don't get to Oh, you're talking about like
0: the statues. Yeah, and stuff the
1: mayor's are, art program and stuff like they have all these statues and like in the they 90s, spend thousands
0: of dollars to get these these statues, yeah. and they, they basically, from what I've read, they like lease them.
1: Yeah, they borrow them and then, but they do buy some every year. Um, we have an amazing park system and just the amount of money that like Campbell County spends on like beautification and the city of Gillette spends on like beautification and parks and like plowing and stuff like it is insane. And some of our facilities, like our rec center to most community standards, is... Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And it is, but we have the tax dollars, or have had the tax dollars in the past. It's kind of changed in the last few years um, with the decline of coal. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so we are... There are people within the state that do not like us.
0: Do you have a? Do you have any type of issue with traveling? Like, I I mean, don't you've traveled somewhat it. here and there, and you've been to, like, Washington, D.C. and stuff like that. Do you find... Um, First of all, when people ask, "Where are you from?" and you say Wyoming, and they're like, "That's that's still a thing? Like that's still I I, I didn't know that still existed." And uh, <laughs> I you know I ran into it even when I joined the military and and in basic training. And where are you from? And I was from Montana, so they you know it was like a holy smokes! You're that you know you guys have electricity.
1: Yeah. Do you, you, know, do you have <laughs>
0: running water there.
1: I don't think I get that so much. Um, a lot of times, though, like you know, Uber drivers and stuff, you say you're from Wyoming and most of the time they've never met anybody from Wyoming or if they have, it's like one other time or something, you know, like, whereas like, Oh, you know, somebody from New York. Well,
0: yeah, there's there's just another New Yorker. There's just
1: more of them. Right. (laughs) They outnumber us greatly. So I don't think, um, This is maybe a little judgmental and stuff, but I I don't think a a lot of people in our circle of life don't really travel much. True. (laughs) We don't really seem to get out of our, uh, like, bordering state region (laughs) very often. I don't know if we're all just a a little bit of hermits. I don't know. I've traveled more in this last year than I've traveled in, like, 10 years. Right. And it's still not, like, a lot.
0: (laughs) Do you have any... uh, uh, trepidations about, about going to California? Do you, do you anticipate no. anything odd that you're not going to, no. you know, be like, what's this fork for? You know,
1: no, it'll be fine. I'm going for a farmer's market conference, so I will be amongst my people. Amongst your
0: people. <laughs> what, now, what, what exactly are you going to San Diego, California for it's this weekend? called
1: the intense conference, intense something. It's tense, like T-E-N-T-S, like farmer's market tense.
0: It's a play on words.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> after you explain it. If you see it written out, it clicks a lot easier.
0: And hopefully there's a picture of a tent next to it or something. Yeah, yeah. You know?
1: Well, just the words. It's not intense. Like
0: It's I-N-T-E-N-T-S.
1: Yeah. Um, so it's just all about farmer's market stuff.
0: And what do you anticipate learning at this event?
1: How to uh, better run our farmer's market. And I really want to... Promote our farmers market better.
0: I think that's an issue that a lot of farmers markets have, isn't it? That the promoting what they do and why is so that the issue?
1: Here's something that I find interesting. There's some Campbell, some counties in Wyoming that have an amazing local food culture and really support the local food culture. Really. Um, really eat it up, so to speak. Um, Campbell County has come a long ways from when I started going to markets 10 years ago. Like, we've improved so much. But it's still not – local food is still not, like, first and foremost, like, on a majority of people's minds in Campbell County. And I don't know that I can change that. That's a whole movement that has to occur. But – I need to attract more people to market that do care about local food, and I need to learn how to like speak to them on a way that makes them care and take action upon that caring.
0: Is this a nationwide issue?
1: Yeah. So actually, um, across the country, farmers' market participation and, and shopping is on the
0: decline. Did it have like a boom at some point?
1: Yeah, or? I think um, the last couple of years it's been on the decline. Um, and it depend on it really depended on when. So, like urban, like urban areas, like the local food movement and farmers market movement started twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Boulder has had one of the first farmers markets, and gosh, I think it's been in existence like since the 60s or something crazy. Well, well, the first
0: farmers market was probably back on the back back east somewhere, and
1: oh, Boulder and was one of the
0: since the sixteen hundreds. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it, farmers it, market's yeah. been around for hundreds of years. Yeah, it's not like Boulder invented the farmers market.
1: No, 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 but the modern day concept of what we understand a farmers market. To be um, like Boulder really was one of the first, and Boulder's not that far from here, but like people in Wyoming don't care <laughs> the way that people. And Boulder is its own unique culture, um, and so I yeah, it's just as a nationwide, it's they're on the decline, and you know farmers markets. It was looked upon as like um, it's this is a, na- a bad thing about farmers markets is it's becoming something that is uh, for. You know, when I went to DC and I, there was a chicken that cost thirty dollars.
0: Yeah, who can afford that chicken?
1: Who, who can afford that chicken? It might be the best, dang taste chicken you'll ever have in your whole life, and it's probably the most ethically raised chicken and ethically butchered. I don't know the proper term for that, the humane. Term, you know, but it just it 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 might have had massages every day and only artesian spring water and. But fine, who who can afford? At the 30, end of the day,
0: it's still a chicken. It's still
1: a chicken, and who can afford thirty dollars for a chicken?
0: Somebody and, obviously, if they have it priced at thirty dollars, somebody's buying that. So you're so you're saying that it, like farmers markets have become, I don't want to say elitist.
1: To and certain products that farmers markets have. So like in DC, there was tons of stuff that was absolutely affordable and accessible. To most people, the produce was very much so in line with what our produce cost, so maybe 50 cents more for like a bundle. But like I wasn't there weighing my bundle of kale versus their bundle of kale. But just from appearances, very similar in size and for the most part, very similarly priced. And now that just is a, you know, in the grocery store, they might be paying that exact same price. Most of our stuff at Farmer's Market is pretty close to the same price as what our grocery stores are. And that's just a regional transportation thing too, you know, how much you're gonna pay for stuff. Um so absolutely if you could go to the farmer's market and if you could get vegetables. But could you get a gallon of milk? Uh no. <laughs> could you get a chicken? Uh only if you could
0: afford a gallon it, of milk or no your,
1: I mean when you're when a gallon of milk is eight dollars.
0: You're gonna go to the you're gonna go store to the grocery buy store.
1: And let, I mean most people are and and there's so then we're Not to say that that gallon of milk is not – okay, well, I don't really know that that gallon of milk is worth $8, but I don't know the specifics of how that gallon of milk is being produced, okay? So non-judgment, maybe it does cost that much. Farmers are very much so underpaid. We understand that. So, yes, you should expect to pay more for some products because the producer is not being paid what they should be paid. But it also, like, if you're on a budget or if you're low income and you're receiving, like, SNAP assistance or WIC assistance, you can't buy a $30 chicken.
0: But how many people on SNAP assistance or WIC assistance are going to farmer's markets to buy their food?
1: Well, that's they can't. We've made it unaccessible to them.
0: Do you get what I'm saying? So that's what you're trying to change.
1: Well, I want – no, what I'm trying to change is that nationwide – we're on the decline because of, I think, some major problems. We don't see that at our market. A chicken doesn't cost $30 at our market, thankfully. Um, But I just think, like, we, farmers' markets, in some ways have propped themselves up that we're amazing and we're wonderful and all these things. And, like, we are, (laughs) but we have to be accessible to everybody. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that it's very much changing the image of farmers markets to a point to where it's not hoity toity
1: kind
0: of in our farmers market. market.
1: I I don't think that we have that in our farmers market. We might there might be some people that think, well I have been told
0: just the word farmer's market you know, the words farmers market, some people do associate that with, you know, I don't want to pay a ridiculous amount of money for something that I can go to the grocery store and it's the same thing.
1: Yeah. I have been told that, I mean, for the most part, we never get complaints that our prices are too expensive. And, like, I have not raised the price on stuff in 10 years. Like, literally, I am getting the same price for corn that I did 10 years ago. Granted, it doesn't really cost me that much more to produce that corn. But at the same time, like, I should still have a cost of living increase <laughs> in there, right? um, I have been told that, like, my peppers are too expensive, Um mm-hmm. The peppers in the grocery store, a jalapeno will cost you ten cents. I sell, them and you sell for three for a
0: three bottle. or
1: four for a dollar, depending on the size of them. But that's a volume game, and like I just cannot play that volume game. That I cannot create that many peppers to justify. Like they take up square footage, and it's all about like dollars per square footage. And when I pick a pepper plant, granted a jalapeno can produce fifty to hundred jalapenos in a year on a good jalapeno year, but I'm still only making $30 off of it if I sell every single jalapeno. <laughs> like, And it takes up, you know, it can take up two square feet depending on spacing and, you know, and they require a lot more nutrients and, like, some other stuff. And, like, so on my end of things, like, that's what I'm calculating.
0: But you're not because your price hasn't changed in 10 years. Well,
1: no, because no one will will pay it. You calculated
0: it 10 years ago.
1: Well, yeah, but no one's going to pay it. But... The consumer doesn't think about like how much fertilizer and how much space that crop takes up compared to like what I'm getting paid for it. Right. And obviously most consumers aren't going to, hey, how many jalapenos did this one plant produce this year? <laughs> you know, and it's not like I'm counting every single pepper on a plant and stuff, but just, you know, I can track my sales and or my what I pick and I've got this many peppers and it's got this dollar value or, you know, and this takes up this much square footage of land. Like those are the calculations that I have to do.
0: So, if going into this conference, what do you expect will be the issues that they'll that they'll bring up? That-
1: I, I, you know, when I went to the conference in DC and stuff, they did talk about the decline in farmers market participation and stuff. Nobody has a solution to it yet, but it's good that we're starting the conversation. So,
0: <laughs> so you're not going to this conference to come back with a game-changing
1: I don't know. I idea. mean, like, no. I mean, do you ever go into a conference and know exactly what you're going to get out of it?
0: That's the thing. Like, sometimes <laughs> you go to these things and you know what you're going to get out of it before you even go. You know, it's like, but I guess sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just being there.
1: Yeah. Makes I think, the
0: difference, too. And the connections and stuff like that that you can make with other people across the, the United States. I'm guessing this is a nationwide yes, thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We need to get people in Campbell County to care about local food. It's not something that most people care about or think about on a daily basis. Now, the people that come to Farmer's Market on a regular basis and really do a large majority of their shopping, like they obviously care. But
0: those are few and far
1: between. Few and far between. I need more of those customers. It
0: amazes me that during Farmer's Market and stuff like this, we're we're set up at Farmer's Market and somebody will – you'll see them come to Farmer's Market. They'll buy up, you know, two or three potatoes and then go home. And it's like you bought three potato. Like, really? Like, does that really even what? make a dent in what you're going to be doing for the week? You <laughs> see what I'm saying? Like, you bought three potatoes and you went and got in your car. Like,
1: well, maybe that's all. I, I don't even know if I would
0: bother at that. If I need, if I, I, if I said I need to go to a farmers market and I need to get three potatoes, which is good because you are. Supporting farmer's market But at the same time It's It's Like I like your idea And you came up with this A long time ago Was that When somebody comes to Our farmer's market booth That they could They could shop For their almost like your weekly produce needs, your meat needs, your bacon, your eggs, whatever else you need. Yeah. And, that, then, you, and then you're getting everything you need, not just three potatoes and turn around and go home.
1: Yeah. And that's absolutely my vision for my booth. But at the same time, like, it takes so much work to do all that. Like, if I could just be a produce vendor, it would it would make our lives a lot easier. But because we have a lack of vendors, and this is something that, like, all rural communities, especially in, like, Wyoming, Montana, South Dakota to parts of South Dakota that we struggle with because it's hard to grow produce here. Like, it's re- it's difficult. And oh, Colorado, too, parts of Colorado are really difficult. Uh, and so I've had to become, in the beginning, now it's a lot different now. We have a lot more diversity of vendors now. But in the beginning when there was, like, six of us and there was hardly any produce, there was one option for meat, for beef, not, no other beef, um, and no pork. Um, there was eggs occasionally, you know, there was just no consistency. And so I've had to become like, I tried to become like all encompassing so that there was that diversity, which is great, but like, it's too much work for me now. And like, I used to make jam. I don't make jam anymore. Like there's, and thankfully there's other jam vendors. So somebody else is. So you're going to watch
0: when, when somebody else comes in and they're making pie, you can say, okay, now I can stop making pie because now they're making
1: pie. I used to make pie. I don't make pie anymore. Um, You know, so it's – it's, and that's, I think, part of being a good farmer's market vendor is being adaptable and and being aware of, like, what is happening at the market with new products coming in. And not that you should just quit and be like, oh, well, there's a new pie vendor, so I'm done now. (laughs) um, But in all reality, like, we have some Amish people that come that make really great pies, and they sell them really cheap. I think they sell them too cheap, but that's just my personal opinion. And so they essentially priced me out of the pie market. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. I can make other stuff. I don't love making pie, so – I was okay with being priced out of the pie market. Now we could have been super competitive and I could have like
0: dropped your price. Tried
1: to fight their fight with them and you know and it's not like they're they're not like mean and aggressive like vendors or anything. They have their own price point. I can't tell them what they have to charge for their pie. That's, they charge what
0: they need to charge for that pie.
1: That's how free market works. And uh yeah, so I don't make pie anymore and that's cool because uh, now I make cake, and I'd much rather eat cake leftovers than pie. <laughs> it's all about
0: what's, what's <laughs> going to be left when we come
1: Well, that is a factor <laughs> to what <laughs> what I do consider. But uh, it's great now that we have more diversity, but there's still like – I know that this is a – and this is an issue, I think, with all farmer's markets, is it's a lack of inconvenience. Like you can't –
0: lack of inconvenience? Well,
1: <laughs> it, farmer's market it, – it's a lack of convenience. Farmer's market is inconvenient we don't it's have once a week
0: it's this once time a week to this time.
1: we don't have everything you need like you can't get flour you know there's no avocados in wyoming
0: <laughs> so if there's you need no oreos at farmer's market yeah
1: so you still have to go it's an, it, and say you're 100% like whole cooking whole foods with raw ingredients and you're really making everything you know from scratch say you're making your own chicken stock but and you're not buying chicken stock like we still don't have all the necessary ingredients like I don't have a consistent chicken vendor.
0: But is there okay. any farmers market that does have no everything you need.
1: No, absolutely not.
0: So so what is the I mean is is it the fa- is it farmers markets themselves that are causing the problem with you know once a week we have it from this time to this time and and you know Would it be better to have – see, this is where – farmer's markets became grocery stores. If you go back 150 years or whatever, I mean, farmer's markets became grocery stores. But
1: then they lost their local connection. Right. Um,
0: So do you go back to a farmer's market grocery store?
1: I don't know what the answer is. Like, I'm not an expert on this. It's almost
0: like Whole Foods, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but that's not local.
0: No, of course not. No, No, I know that. But, I mean, when I think, you know, like a farmer's market grocery store, that would be like, you know –
1: yeah, but you don't, you know, you don't go to a grocery store or a retail setting unless there's some connection with the farmer. And that's what I believe is like there has to be, even if you have a store and it's open, you know, normal business hours, there has to be certain times where the, the producer is there. I feel like that's the benefit that you get that outweighs the inconvenience of farmer's market is that connection with your producer. And how did you make this and how did you raise this and what chemicals are on this? And, um, you know, oh, this is a, your, this is your great grandma's bread recipe, you know, the, those are those, those warm, feel-good feelings that you get from a farmer's market that make it worth the inconvenience. Right. Because it is inconvenient. Like, I'm not going to deny that it's the most convenient thing in the world. Like, we all eat Oreos, or maybe not Oreos, but we all eat some processed food.
0: Not everybody. I'm sure there's one person out there in the world that has never had processed food in their life. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, not everybody. But a majority of us eat some processed food.
0: It's like when when a politician is running for office and they say, I have never had a drink. I have never smoked a cigarette. I'm like, you are – I wouldn't vote for you. You're (laughs) somebody who's never done that. I mean, come on.
1: But, I mean, and there's certain staples that, you know, like you just cannot get. You can't buy flour. You can't buy sugar. You can't buy rice. Like, I don't have any processed dairy because, and this is a bigger issue. There's no, like, small-scale regulation in Wyoming for people to do, like, processing of certain food items. You know, it would cost me the same to – to pasteurize milk for two cows as it would for a hundred cows. Like there's no, there's no step down regulation. And so like, I, I either go like, I would love to do pasteurized cheese products, something I've always talked about doing, but it doesn't make sense financially.
0: To set up to do it. To set
1: up a dairy and, a, you know, a, the whole rigmarole of pasteurization and all the inspection and all the regulation that's required with it.
0: And you have to sell 10,000 pounds of cheese a year to you cover to just that lo- cost. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, you have to sell a lot a small, of cheese. On a
0: small scale, that doesn't work.
1: Doesn't work. Not at all. So then we're just excluded from being able to offer that at farmers markets.
0: Are you excited to go to San Diego to yeah. uh, to delve into all this all this stuff.
1: I'm disappointed the weather's not gonna be super great, but
0: Is it, it I haven't looked at the weather for sure? It's only San Diego.
1: gonna be like What's in a, the sixties.
0: Oh geez. <laughs> Compared to here, that's like <laughs> sixty degrees warmer than oh, it well, is here.
1: It is substantially gonna, warmer than here, that's for sure, but it's still not uh Are
0: I'm, you taking a jacket?
1: Well yeah, of course I'm taking a jacket. <laughs> It's not summertime.
0: (laughs) I don't know. 60 degrees sounds pretty darn nice right now to me. I I mean, I I was outside this morning and it's snowing sideways on me and I've got, I think I still have snowflakes stuck in my ear.
1: You're fine. (laughs) Snow melts. The
0: sympathy is just (laughs) pouring out.
1: Well, just use a realistic um, analogy there or whatever. Like, snow melts as soon as it gets in contact with your ear.
0: (laughs) All right. It's cold out. bird.
1: Um Yeah, I'm I'm excited to go. I'm excited for, you know, it's obviously going to be warm, much substantially warmer than here, which will be great to have a break. Winter's been going on for a very long time, it seems like. But, I mean, I won't lie. Like, I was hoping for, like, 75 degrees.
0: (laughs) You should have scheduled it It in February.
1: It is Southern California. I guess I'd never pay attention to what the weather is in California, but I did expect it would be warmer. And I've told some other people, and they're like, well, how warm is it going to be? And I was like, oh, like 60. And they're like, oh, I thought it'd be warmer. So I don't know if it's unseasonably cold right now in California.
0: I um, did see that Las Vegas got snow.
1: Yeah, see, so I'm that must be cold.
0: <laughs> something weird's going on. Who knows? Um, I,
1: just I, my luck. I go to California when it's cold.
0: <laughs> maybe they're working on a weather, wasn't it, weather controlling wasn't device. Wasn't it just like
1: last week or something that they were like bracing for like 50 degrees and like California was in an uproar because it was going to be 50 degrees? Yeah,
0: shut it down, man. Fifty degrees I don't know so you're going to be gone for four days yeah you're going to be in San Diego we've mentioned this actually uh a few weeks ago I think I mentioned it in a podcast or in a um uh, live stream or something that you were going to be gone the, the the number of people who get a hold of us and say hey you're going to be in San Diego I live in San Diego I would like to come and meet you are you doing any sort of uh, um meet and greet while you're there No. No. (laughs) It's hard to do. It's hard to set up. Um, The last one that I did was in Dallas uh, that we scheduled uh, in the hotel.
1: Well, and actually, like, the conference keeps us really busy, and there's, um, you know, the conference is just normal, like, daytime business hours, but there's also, like, activities in the evening that we can choose to participate um, centered around, like, local food. So I want to experience as much of that as i can and so you know when they give us an option for sunday night dinner at these restaurants like i'm gonna go experience that um so yeah i don't know that i'm gonna have like a ton of free time
0: so So. it's not like a vacation obviously
1: no i'm working
0: are you going to miss the kids while you're gone? I will. Yeah. That's always a tough part. Anytime, I always – Anytime you travel. I get
1: so excited when I'm like, woohoo, I get to go somewhere. I never leave. And then like, you know, I said we've, we've traveled more in this last year than have in like 10 years. So I always get super excited when we like book the trips and stuff and like, oh, this is going to be amazing and get to go see something new. And then the time comes and I'm like, oh, I don't want to go.
0: <laughs> is there anything is there anything going on here at home while you're gone i'm trying to think you're
1: checking my seeds for germination i am yes. sending me pictures so i can put them on instagram <laughs> i'm That's, just gonna you know not everybody listens to the podcast so i think i'll just post like a nice sunny uh, palm tree picture as soon as people i will be
0: like where are you i know what right going on? You know, we planted palm trees on the ranch and our camels are coming around here soon. And there's
1: soon. no so- snow all of a sudden, yeah.
0: People, yeah, that will freak people out because we haven't really, you know, nobody really knows unless they've really been paying attention or listening to the podcast now. But, uh, the, uh yeah, you're going to be gone for four days. I've got the kids. Um I've got a, uh, a history video coming out this weekend.
1: I feel like we should have planned better so that you didn't have to do so much while I was gone.
0: It doesn't matter. I still have to do it while you're here. Well,
1: so. no, but like video-wise –
0: it's okay. I'll figure it out. Lincoln will help me. He's Link, up here now, so it's
1: drawing on the whiteboard.
0: He's hanging out and having fun. Uh, what else? The kids got going on. They've got uh, oh,
1: you've ice skating. Ice skating on
0: while you're gone. That'll be. That's not too bad though.
1: You have to widen. Ken- oh, Kenzie has a dentist appointment. While you're gone. Yeah.
0: Oh geez, how am I going to do that? What day is that?
1: <laughs> I think you can manage to take her to the
0: dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Where's this dentist
1: person you speak of? <laughs> You've been to Dr. Paulson's office. I have been
0: there a few times. Monday
1: at 10.30.
0: Okay. I will try to remember. You have
1: to go get her from school. You're going to go to the office and say, I need to get Mackenzie for a dentist appointment.
0: And they're just going to give her to me? Yeah,
1: yeah. they're just going to give her to you. Marvel. And then you're going to take her to the dentist, and they're going to check and see how much her mi- mouth has been widened. And hopefully it's good enough, and they can tie oh. off her little widening device.
0: <laughs> does that thing stay in there? Yeah, in it mouth? has to stay it's in like for a, like It's s- like a bridge type deal. I don't know what it's called. It's like it goes across her top of her mouth.
1: They call it an appliance. And
0: it's widening her mouth so she has room for the rest of her teeth. She's
1: super narrow mouth, really big teeth. Um, she all- does have big teeth. I have big teeth. You have big teeth. It's fine. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, but very narrow mouth. Um, yeah, she's been widening. Gosh, how long have we been at this?
0: Uh, months. Yeah. I don't
1: know. It's been a while. So uh, hopefully, it's so. Last time I was there, they're like, eh, it's probably widen up, but we're gonna over widen because it will shrink a little bit. And so she's essentially, it's it's called an appliance. It's like. Um, this little rectangle and then these four wires that are connected to her teeth. And it's got this little like spoolie kind of this wheel in it. And it's got holes in it. And so twice a week we stick this little piece of metal, they call it a key, but it's really just like a bent paper clip. <laughs> and we uh, we turn that wheel and it,
0: and it widens widens her by like a fraction of a millimeter. Oh yeah, just at a, a time, tiny. I'm and sure. it's
1: it's on the top of her mouth. Um so if it's wide enough, that little spinny thing, they'll tie that off so it can't spin anymore and then i think we wait six to eight weeks and then they take it out and then what and we hope her mouth stays oh.
0: and it doesn't unshrink so this is just for teeth to come in there's nothing that's going to come after it. no well i mean i braces. think i can handle that i think i can handle taking her to the dentist do i have to take her back to school after the yeah, dentist? yeah it's
1: at 10 30 in the morning so okay. yes <laughs> oh and the dentist is going to give you a note oh so to say that she's been at this dentist, you take that back to the school.
0: Oh, you have to prove this. Yeah, they don't take my word for it. It's
1: an excused absence. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> you can manage.
0: I can manage, and then you'll be back, and then uh, we're right back into the thick of things uh, as we move through this. I don't know; it, it's not spring, obviously. It's still middle. See, it feels like it's still in the middle of the year.
1: Oh, uh, like, let's just have a minute to complain about the weather, like. This is my third year of, like, doing spring. So before I did winter gardening year-round, I did, like, spring gardening where I would start in February. I've always transplanted in February. It is too cold. I cannot transplant. Like, this is putting my whole start to my season behind.
0: March might be nice.
1: Well, I hope it's going to be nice. And it's, you know, I think most stuff will be fine because we'll have longer days and hopefully it's going to eventually warm up. But every day the forecast is, like, 10, 7, Negative one. <laughs> it's just.
0: <laughs> it's mocking you is what it's
1: doing. I don't think we've had a February this crappy in a lot of
0: years. Probably not. You know, March is usually, I'm i am still holding out for March. That's all I'm doing at this point. I'm holding out for like two nice weeks in March where I can get about 900 things done. I know.
1: Well, and just, you know, we always say like we get, you know, times where it warms up and all the snow melts. The snow has been here since like Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's really been here, Lincoln. Quit hitting the wall. <laughs> it's we've really had snow on the ground for a long time.
0: So, yeah, it's been hanging out. Yeah, and there's a lot of ice now underneath that snow, so which much is ice. no fun at all.
1: And it had. I, <laughs> I was talking to um, a farmer friend in Spearfish the other day, and she's like, "How much snow do you guys have?" And Spearfish is 100 miles over from us, over in South Dakota. And I was like, "Well, you know, no snow in some spots." And I was like, "I'm looking out, and I can see, you know, I can see the driveway." And in spots, but I was like, you know, five foot drifts in other spots. And she's like, Yeah, it's kinda like that here too. And um and then today we wake up and there's more snow on the ground. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's been snowing all morning. So <laughs> yeah. I've got to get the snowblower out and uh, uh do the mother in law's driveway. There was a little bit of I, I meant I don't know, in the video, um in the project list video on Tuesday, I kind of alluded to the fact that I should do my mother-in-law's driveway with this nice new snowblower. Um, but I kept putting it off throughout the whole video. It was like, you know, well, I should go do that, but I'll go do this instead. <laughs> and I actually caught a little bit of slack for it. People were like, go do your mother-in-law's driveway. So well, how am going to go do our go driveway? Do <laughs> we don't have a driveway. We have dirt.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's asphalt concrete mix. So, like, it's yeah. compacted. It is
0: compact. I don't know how well it would do with the snowblower going over it and try it it's got those little shoes on it so you can bring it up a little bit so it's not sucking up the i uh, haven't played
1: yeah i haven't played with the snowblower is it adjustable so it doesn't ride right on the ground right
0: yeah it's got like these little (laughs) adjustable things what is lincoln doing over there (laughs) he's He's hidden behind the live stream couch where are you link stick a head up hello he's he's gone he's hiding
1: he giggled Uh,
0: the wonders of (laughs) hey there he is come
1: here oh Tell everybody what Mackenzie said about dinosaurs the other day.
0: Oh, I is guess this, yeah. There's a lighter moment. Um, Mackenzie comes up to me in the middle of the day and um, or after school or before school. It might have been on the weekend. I don't know. They all run together. And she says, "Dad, I have a question for you." I said, "All right, tell me your question." She says, "I need to know the exact day, month, and year that the dinosaurs went extinct."
1: I thought she has the time too. And the
0: time, yeah. <laughs> And first of all, I don't know where she got that idea, where that where that question came from. But how do you answer that?
1: (laughs) Do you think she thought you were around, and like, because she always makes comments about how old we are? Like
0: she thinks that that I was around when the dinosaurs were extinct. (laughs) I would hope I wouldn't. I wasn't around because I probably would have went extinct right with them. But
1: I mean, she thinks that you didn't have a bed when you were a kid because you grew up in the olden days.
0: Yeah, before they invented the bed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the kid, the way the kids, and this is the fun part about like while you're gone, obviously you know the kids are 100% underneath my purview, so I get all, the questions that get split between you and I. <laughs> yeah. Now all come to me, you know, and it's it's hard to keep them straight, and and all the little requests, and you know, can we do this? Can we do that? Um, is there anything that while you're gone that uh, that we're not allowed to do?
1: I mean, just please don't, like, lose a kid or have somebody get hurt.
0: <laughs> well, that's – yeah, that's kind of a given. We don't want to lose a kid. That would be a bad thing, but
1: uh, – I mean, and they need to be bathed and make them brush their teeth and
0: – Oh, you're going to have to make a list.
1: Um. <laughs> you go know. to bed on time. Yeah. And that, I mean, on the weekend, they don't have to go to bed on time, but then you have to deal with the consequences of them not going to bed on time, which is crabby, whiny kids because they don't know how to sleep in. <laughs> Um, they
0: don't. Our kid. And I, I, maybe it's like a teenager thing. Maybe once they get to a yeah. certain age, then you can't get them out of bed. But
1: oh, and Mackenzie, bless Mackenzie's little heart. Oh jeez, <laughs> that kid. You have to drag her out of bed on the on the weekdays. On the weekends, six thirty yeah.
0: every Saturday, every Sunday, six thirty. Got stuff to do, man.
1: Yeah. Um, why is that?
0: <laughs> it's goofy. I don't get it.
1: <laughs> and Lincoln. We are going on week three hundred and eighty seven of Lincoln not sleeping in his bed. No, it hasn't been that long, but it's been He's gotten better. It's been a good it's been good six weeks of Lincoln not sleeping in his bed. We have had a few nights in the last week. I think we maybe had two nights that he did sleep in his bed all night.
0: He's sneaky though. He sneaks in. So when you're in San Diego, what do you have planned for fun?
1: Nothing.
0: Nothing fun at all?
1: I don't know. I'm not a big planner. The kids are convinced that
0: you're going to Legoland without them. them. They are totally (laughs) convinced that you are going to go to Legoland while you're there without them. So what you need to do is at least get like a picture of Legoland.
1: I'm not going to go to Legoland just to get a picture. So I can
0: show it to them and be like, look where mom's at.
1: We'll just get a picture on the internet and Photoshop me in front of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to go to Legoland. Fine. (laughs)
1: Um, I'm going with Megan. So I don't – I'm not a big planner. Like I literally am like, what hotel are we staying at? (laughs) Because Megan booked the hotel and uh, we're on different flights. So Megan actually gets to San Diego hours before I get to San Diego. I'm like, what are you going to do? And she's like, go to the cat cafe.
0: (laughs) What is a cat cafe?
1: It's like a coffee shop with cats.
0: I've told you – this is like a thing all over the... You told me about something in... in.
1: And when in, I went to Portland, I went to a cat to, cafe. Yeah, you went yeah. to Portland. And when we went to D.C., if there had been one nearby, Megan would have made us go to a cat cafe. How
0: does, this, <laughs> how does this pass, like, health inspections...
1: Um, where they make the coffee is usually in a separate area from, like, the, at least I've I've been to one, so I'm an expert. Um,
0: <laughs> a cat cafe. The cafe. I guess we have cats in our house, so we have a cat cafe in our house. No,
1: but like where they made the coffee, and I think they had sandwiches or pastries or something. The one that I was at is separated off, and there's like a whole like door and like solid wall with windows All right. where the cats are. I at. figured
0: out. I figured out the <laughs> farmers market problem.
1: We need a cat cafe.
0: You need cats. No. You need need a cat farmer's market.
1: We need chickens.
0: At farmer's market? Yeah, sure. Just wandering around? Or are you talking about $30 (laughs) chickens hanging from the rafters?
1: A little enclosed chicken playpen.
0: (laughs) You could do like a petting zoo at farmer's market, can't you?
1: Uh, We would not. (laughs) Um, It is a health hazard.
0: It's uh, it's weird is what it
1: is. It, we, so a long, long time ago, we used to have somebody that would bring, like, their ponies and, like, a oh. goat and some ducks. And it was super cute. And, like, everybody really loved it and it actually fits the atmosphere really well. But, like, we do allow sampling at – like, you can sample products at Farmer's Market. And so do you want somebody – like, let's just be honest – not everybody is gross, but as a whole, like in general, people are kind of gross. <laughs> so do you want somebody scratching a horse's butt and then getting a sample of salsa from the communal chip bowl? Or coming over bowl? and
0: fondling your tomatoes. Yeah. You know, which everybody likes to touch the tomatoes for some reason.
1: Oh, yeah. Why does everyone touch the tomatoes? So uh, yeah, unless you have like a mandatory hand washing station, which we don't have water in the parking lot. Um I know it's just a health hazard. You know, you do not want to spread E. coli to the tomatoes because right, of the... So my, and, my cat
0: farmer's market thing isn't going to fly.
1: No. So yeah, in the cat cafes, they're, very, they're totally separate areas.
0: Well, Food. there goes my idea. Sorry, I tried.
1: I know. So yeah, I don't know what we're going to do. We do have quite a bit of stuff planned in the evenings already just in relation to the conference. And so I don't know how much free time we will have. So we'll have some time on Saturday because the conference doesn't start till Sunday. I don't know what time I get to San Diego, though. Mid-afternoon. See? No plan.
0: (laughs) You sound so excited, too. All right. Well, we're going to let Erin go, and she's got to pack and get ready to leave. And Lincoln's crying. So that's it for today. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check out uh, Beyond the Ranch uh, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We're available on Spotify and iTunes, iTunes as well as Google Play. But if you're listening to it now, obviously you know how to find it. So that's uh, that's kind of a moot point. But you can tell your friends. Also check us out on YouTube. It's Our Wyoming Life. And subscribe there. We just passed 75,000 subscribers. So that's a big milestone for us. And we thank every single one of you guys for supporting us as we move along in this venture. Thanks once again. And we'll see you again. But until then, have a great week. And thanks for joining us on Beyond the Ranch. Aaron and Mike bring into their world It's not just chickens and the Angus herd So take off your boots relax and go beyond the range.